Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar, the Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Viva. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 5, Avatar Day. Hello, welcome back. Sorry we took last week off, um, but... We had a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Some of you aren't in the United States, so if you don't know, we had a huge election, and it was very, very stressful for the both of us. I'm sure people know because we've been talking about it on this podcast. I know. And like people have been talking. I saw a TikTok of these people in like England being like, Biden won Pennsylvania. He needed the state of Pennsylvania. I'm like, that's so weird that they know about the state called Pennsylvania and they're starting to understand the electoral college. Like how bizarre is that? All my international friends were glued to the TV more than I was because I'm like, I I don't want to watch this. (laughs) Yeah, I was too stressed out about it. Like Tuesday night, Tuesday night, instead of watching stuff about the election, me and my boyfriend, we actually watched the end of Avatar because we knew good Good vibes, good vibes. Yeah, good prevailed over evil. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys, but I I think you know that already. (laughs) It's a rewatch podcast. (laughs) Rewatch, not watch, right? Um, So that's what we did. And then, you know. I woke up at five in the morning on Wednesday and I was like, oh my gosh, Trump is going to win again. I was so stressed out. And then the end of Wednesday and Thursday, he was getting more blue states. Shout out to the Midwest. If you're in Wisconsin or Michigan, I love you. And that's <laughs> then I got like less stress and I was starting to watch like the TV shows talking about all the different counties. I love Steve Kornacki. He's the best. <laughs> so I started to watch it and got really into like the funny memes about like Nevada and turning Georgia blue. Seriously, the meme makers right now brought it. They kept us all laughing like (laughs) during this like very stressful time. It was much needed. So thank you to all the memers. (laughs) (laughs) We respect you. We appreciate you. Our country needs you. Your country needs you, memers. (laughs) Um, Do you remember where you were when it was finally announced that Biden won. I was just in my living room and I heard everyone erupt into cheers and people were freaking out. Um, and I mm-hmm. opened my window and then I saw like all these people run into the center of the courtyard and someone brought out like a trumpet, like people were playing music. It was so exhilarating just seeing that. And I mean, no matter what you're feeling about this or like, you know, it just was so wonderful to see the country come together like in a positive way because I feel like recently anytime there's been a mass gathering it's for things that are bad and so it was just nice to see people celebrate and there just was like a feeling of lightness in the air which we all really needed yeah for sure I feel like well I feel like we were a lot of people are celebrating in you know New York and all the cities but I know in like some parts of Arizona it wasn't that way and some parts of Ohio it wasn't that way but it was really cool being in New York I was watching MSNBC. I was like painting my toenails and then all of a sudden it cut. Like I think they had Steve Kornacki like just looking at Pennsylvania and then it cut and they were like, Joe Biden is now the the president-elect of the United States. And I yelled. I think I was the first person that yelled in my apartment (laughs) You started it. I I just went, ah! And then you heard other people yelling and, you know – like clanking stuff and everyone went to the street a lot of people went to the streets and you heard the cars honking and people cheering and oh it was just so cool it felt like wow like we almost fell into fascism but we didn't yay it was a you know I feel like all the headlines are like the deep exhale like the long exhale and I think that was is a definitely a good way to put it but obviously like the work isn't done no. i just think i mean it's, 70 million people voted for trump yeah so like a it, lot of people are mad but you know whatever it's it's been a really tough year guys <laughs> it's been a tough year it's been a tough four years like i feel like so much more relieved than i have in it's crazy in years like i feel like wow things are hopefully going to change and it's going to take a long time but this is the first step we need to i and hope Joe so Biden says heal the country so um, i alternate between feeling like really good and really like medium and or mediocre or just like whatever but I was like I'm giving myself a week to feel good and celebrate so I'm totally yeah. giving myself a week like I see people being kind of like and eh, on Twitter and I'm like I totally get it I understand it you're probably right but I just need this positivity right now so yeah. I am just stepping into it and being excited yeah and I think I'm definitely gonna try to volunteer for Georgia because um, there are two senate seats in Georgia 
that can be flipped and give the Democrats a majority in the Senate, which is like going to be super important for Joe Biden to get really anything done. So it's like I'm celebrating, but then I'm like, how can I get involved in helping out in Georgia? Yeah. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's a good idea to just have a week. I was just thinking a weekend, but a week sounds like a good idea. (laughs) I know. I think we need it, guys. We really need need some. We need some positivity right now, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's it feels good to be back though. Like I watched the episode yesterday and I was laughing and Yeah, this um, is a funny one. It was one. a good one. And I I read this woman's newsletter. Her name is Haley Nauman and she wrote about like watching nostalgic shows and I thought that was so similar to what we've been talking about. Like she's been binging Looney Tunes um oh. and just feeling like really happy about it and it just like it's a very creative animation wise and she's just been enjoying watching those children's shows and I know you've been watching some classic Disney and I love Arthur and I watch episodes randomly when I'm feeling down and obviously (laughs) we watch Avatar so yeah I feel like even less inclined like especially right before the election I was like I'm watching Disney stuff I'm watching very like feel good stuff I can't take anything too heavy and now I'm already like oh I don't I think I can handle heavier things I just got the audiobook like the people's history of the United yeah I think States you mentioned it in one of our ep- episodes yeah yeah so I'm starting to listen to that I'm like oh this is real heavy this is a <laughs> huge sway <laughs> well I got Moby Dick as my long thing to read uh quote the line in Matilda where, where the dad is like Moby what so yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's what I'm reading so I'm excited to get into that nice um, so I guess we'll, we should just start off the episode. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, this episode was written by John O'Brien. I'm not surprised because he seems to be the head writer for some of the most hilarious episodes like The Fortune Teller, The King of Umashu, and Ember Island Flyers. And the episode was also directed by Lauren McMullen, who was the head director for The Storm, The Southern Air Temple, and The Cave of Two Lovers. So it's cool to see this dynamic play out again. It was such a tone shift again from The Swamp, and it's like, it had yeah. been two weeks since I've watched it, so it was almost like, wait, what was the last one we watched, you know? I was yeah, like, what? it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, th- I feel like there's just so many, like, people can be so delusional about life, and I think this episode really gets into that, like, <laughs> people... You're just like, what? How are you doing this? How are you believing this? You know what I mean? Like, you I mean, think that there's one like single America. source of truth. I know. <laughs> and then you're there and you're like, felt like all the characters were like, am I being gaslit? <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was laughing. But anyway, we open up funny. with uh, Sokka sleeping and there's a spider web in his mouth. And it's just like such a bizarre opening. And Momo yeah. punches the spider spider web. And I'm like... How long have they been sleeping? Why? It's like Sokka's mouth was open for a very long time. They're like literally sleeping on tree stumps too. I'm like, this is so weird. Like, it's like such an interesting way to open the episode. I'm like, how did they get here? What are they doing? How long were they asleep? Like, that is dead asleep. I know, but I think it only takes a spider an hour to make a web. So Really? Yeah, it doesn't take that long. Oh, wow. <laughs> and also that's like one of my deepest fears of like a bug. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like Apparently you swallow like seven spiders or seven bugs in your life. I've heard that, but I'm like, is this real or an old wives tale? <laughs> Back when things weren't as sanitized? No, I don't know. <laughs> Cue the Lion King quote where he's like eats the bug and he's like tastes like chicken. I know. Well, they were eating bugs in the last episode at the swamp, <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> but their like sleep is disrupted by these four Fire Nation soldiers with bombs and ammunition, and they're on those like weird, scary rhino creatures. And they start attacking them. Katar and Ang wake up, um, and they try to get they get on Appa to escape, but they have left their staff and Katara's scrolls there, and they're like, "We need to go back. We need our stuff." So. They go back and they grab their things. They fight them off a little bit, but they leave Sokka's boomerang and mm-hmm. they escape flying on on Appa. And Sokka's like, wow, guys, like you went in and got your stuff, but what about my stuff? But and he didn't realize it until they were already flying away. They can't just like go back and I get know, it. I know, but I like, felt, I, I get it. I feel, I felt so bad for him. I though. get it from both sides, but like Sokka, you missed your chance. You could have went running for it while everyone else is running for it. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he was wiping the sleep out of his eyes, but yeah. Wiping the cobs out of his mouth. I don't know. <laughs> also, these guys were like, they're 
they were really intimidating looking. Like they had some weird facial hair, um, piercings. They're really big guys. Yeah. And you're like, oh, how do they know that this is the avatar? Are they trying to capture him? Yeah, like, like, who are they these? We have people? no context for these people at all. Like, I have no clue who they are. But. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Anyway, so they're flying out, they land, um, and they're buying some vegetables. And like during like the shopping experience, Sokka's like, I'm like sad about my my boomerang. And now, you know, Aang and Katara show some sympathy and they're like, yeah, yeah. you know, this sucks. We're sorry. Like we have Sokka's to leave. like, my boomerang is just like your arrow, Aang or Katara, your hair loopies. And I thought that was like kind of true because like he's so known for his boomerang. But also this is the first time we ever hear the words hair loopies in the entire <laughs> TV show, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that oh my funny? God. It was like, yeah, when guys like have no idea what grooming is I mean, sometimes. I don't, what would you call Katara's hair loopies? They're hair loopies. I have no clue how else to describe <laughs> maybe that. There's a, maybe there's a word for it in their culture. You know what I mean? Well, clearly Nakazaka would just call it hair loopies. <laughs> <laughs> or you would think like Katara would correct him and be like, actually, it's called blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Once they like, you know, they order their vegetables, the vegetable seller, the vendor is like, oh, here you go, ponytail guy. And this just hits it right on the head. And it also like shows the humor coming in. Like Sokka's like, I used to be boomerang guy. And now look, I'm ponytail guy. Ponytail I've lost guy. my identity. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny line. I love the comedic timing throughout this entire episode. But, you know, while they're at this vegetable stand, they're paying actually with water dry money, which is kind of cool. Like the vegetable stand owner is like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. But obviously he takes the money because money is money. It, but like I was like, does water dry money have any value? Is it made out of silver or something that you can actually burn down? Maybe it's made out of the same stuff, but like it's colored blue instead of green. So that's how they know. That's what I would assume. Because like, I mean, all different countries have like, it's all worth like gold. So I would assume that they would take it. I mean, not really. Like, I mean, what's the exchange rate? <laughs> yeah, and that's also, what it like, is. the exchange rate. Like, is he getting more for his... But because, you know, later in the episode, they don't take the Water Tribe money. They make it a point to be like, we don't take Water Tribe money. I guess it depends where you go. It depends where you go. <laughs> That's true, I guess. I was like, oh, God. We'll get into that later. But, you know, yeah. anyway, so it, it's pretty cool that he's like, oh, you guys are from the Water Tribe. That's pretty cool. Are you, are you guys staying for the festival? It's Avatar Day and things like that. And they're like, we weren't, but like, let's stick around. Aang is kind of like, this is really cool that they're having a holiday just for Avatar the Avatar Day. Just for me. You know, and he's like, you know what? I just love being appreciated by the people. <laughs> and they go into town and there's all this fried food and like all these different decorations. We see a huge float of Kiyoshi, Roku and Aang. And, you know, it just it seems like a pretty cool festival. Like I would love to be a part of it. Yeah. You're like, this is awesome. They're celebrating the Avatar. You get to eat snacks and like get to see yeah. the school parade. You know, and the floats and like the effigies or whatever, they kind of yeah. looked like um, the Macy's Day Parade. You know what I yeah, mean? It's huge, yeah. larger than life. Floats. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. But we see that in the center of the town, we see a guy with a torch. The guy was kind of cute too. I liked his hair. I know. He had like long flowing hair. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> and, we, you know, we watch this guy running with the torches. Then we notice he's going closer and closer to the floats. And the gang is like, what is going on? And then finally the guy runs into Avatar Kiyoshi and sets her aflame. You know, she's on flames. And then does the same with Roku and then begins to do that with Aang as well. And the townspeople are yelling, down with the Avatar, <laughs> down with the Avatar. And it's just like, what is going on? This like alternate universe. <laughs> and I'm also like, this is kind of like New Yorkers like this past weekend with Trump, like down with Trump, like people like dressing up as Trump in like a convict outfit, like in the orange jumpsuit. Yeah, I know this episode. I mean, again, the show is somehow always relevant to whatever is going on it's just really weird but yeah you're like uh what and the gang is kind of like uh what you know everyone was not <laughs> expecting avatar day to take this kind of a turn you would think avatar day would be about celebrating the avatar like maybe they should rename it to screw the avatar day <laughs> like <laughs> burn the avatar day not just avatar day <laughs> burn it down burn um, it down we cut to the blue spirit who is following these two civilians who have bags of food and he's really swift and he just steals all their food and he goes back to the campsite and then the person removes his mask and by this point we know that the blue spirit is zuko and he Obviously. hides his mask in a tree trunk and he you know brings all this food in and he gives it to iroh and iroh's like where did you get this like how are you getting all this stuff and 
Zuko doesn't say anything. Like, his lips are zipped. He doesn't explain anything. And it seems like Iroh's mad. Pretty obvious that he's stealing stuff. Yeah, but he doesn't want to say it, you know. And, I, yeah, Iroh's just, like, eating stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Iroh's, like, seems like he would be mad because he does know. And it's just weird. Like, you know how sometimes a parent knows, like, when you're lying, but it's just mm-hmm. they're waiting for you to say it or they're kind of, you know, it's just, like, they're waiting everybody for the right knows. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Iroh maybe was going to say anything, but then he saw that donut and the man loves a sweet. So he I starts mean, eating he it. all the food. And I think they're kind of strapped for food at the moment. So. It looked like a good haul, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we cut back to the gang and we see that they're all watching the effigy of Aang basically burn. And Katara is getting really upset and she comes in and uses her waterbending to like like make sure the flames go out for all the statues. And the townspeople are like, oh my gosh, what a party pooper. You're ruining Avatar Day. Get out of here. And Aang comes in and he like flies up to his own effigy and it's very clear that they look exactly the same. And he's like, that party pooper is my friend. And obviously... The townspeople realize that it's the Avatar because they look exactly the same. I was kind of annoyed that Katara went and watered. I understand her impulse to do it, but sometimes I'm like, guys, these people are obviously against you. Why draw attention to yourself and get in trouble? Yeah, like, just leave if they don't like you. It's like basically like being in the Fire Nation, like, "Mm, avoid at all costs getting drawing attention to yourself i was kind of annoyed i guess it was like more an act of passion but still Mm -hmm. i was just like what are you doing woman like respect the culture this (laughs) is their culture respect it (laughs) um and then so basically you know ang is revealed as the avatar and the townspeople are just like oh my gosh he's gonna kill us with his avatar powers they're kind of scared of him at first yeah they're treating him like he's a monster yeah and Katara tells them, like, you don't have to fear him. Like, the Avatar is a good person. He wants to protect all people. But then the townspeople are like, that's not true at all. The past Avatar, Kyoshi, she murdered our leader, Chin. And Aang is like, oh, my gosh, I murdered someone before? I'm like, boy, you better learn. <laughs> Come on. Um, and Aang is still shocked that he murdered someone in a past life. And even Katara's like, oh, you... He wouldn't do that. No avatar would do that. Like he needs to like go back to his past lives and talk to them a little bit. Go to the spirit world, dude. I know. But then the townspeople are also just saying like, you know, we used to be a great society. Now we aren't anymore. And we blame it basically all on Kiyoshi. And, you know, there's a lot of really cool personalities within this town. And I really love that their kind of style of clothing as well. It's the lighter green. Mm-hmm. And it's just the the gang is just baffled. They're like, what is wrong with these people? I'm obviously good. <laughs> Like, where are we right now? And it's just like, wow, people can have such different perspectives of Uh, history and people. Anyway, Katara, again, is coming to Aang's defense. And she's like, the Avatar would never do something bad like this. The Avatar's duty is to protect uh, the world. And she gets mad at them for questioning the Avatar's honor. And I was kind of like, how does she know so much about the Avatar? Because I feel like he wasn't around for 100 years and people stopped believing in him. So I was just kind of confused with like... Yeah, how would she know? Like, yeah. I guess she just was like, all avatars have the same moral path, I guess. But like... I don't know. Like, it's like, for sure. Yeah, I'm like, you don't know this stuff. This is complicated, like, reincarnation business. And like, how do you know what's going on? And yeah. she just says it with such confidence. So I was like, kind of confused with her reaction there. And she's, like, so mad at the town. And also, like, you're in danger, girl. Like, you're putting yeah, yourself in danger there's here. There's so many of them, and there's only three of you. And you've been in these situations before. It's been very hard to get out of, so. <laughs> and then one of the townspeople responds to her being like, we'll show you what we think of the Avatar's honor. And he turns around, and he farts at them. <laughs> so funny. This is such a funny episode. It's very <laughs> cheesy, but I'm into it, especially since I've been watching so many Disney shows. I'm like, I'm all about the cheese right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the town cheers and Aang, again, like, what are you doing here? He's like, I want a chance to clear my name and, you know, get my honor back. And then the mayor of the town steps up and he's like, well, you can clear your name by standing trial. And mm-hmm. the mayor continues and he says, To stand trial, you have to follow all our rules and you have to make sure to pay bail. Um, They're like, fine, we'll pay bail. We have money. And then they just hand over the Water Tribe money. And the man's like, oh, well, we don't take this. So you're going into jail. 
Yeah. And like Aang is just like, how was I supposed to know they didn't take Water Tribe money? Which makes sense because yeah. someone else took it in the past. But I'm sure like they haven't had many Water Tribe people pass through town. Through, so they're probably yeah. like, this is fake money. Like, you know what I mean? Especially a government office. I highly doubt that they would take other kinds of The mayor is corrupt completely, though. Absolutely. Um, so while they're in this jail sale and like Aang is behind bars, Sokka is like, listen, you can't get that upset that people don't like you. Like an entire nation doesn't like you. One out of four people in this world hate you. Yeah. So like, let's just get out of here. This place is not safe at all. Um, and I like this direction because we kind of see it a little bit from Aang's perspective. And mm-hmm. Sokka's just kind of going crazy and kind of bouncing off the walls. I agree with you. And, like, the direction reminded me of, like, a 90s documentary, kind of. Did you notice that, like, different direction in that yeah. particular scene? It was it was kind of off-putting because it was so different than the rest of the entire episode. But I like the different tone. And um, Katara and Sokka are like, you know what? You're not going to do any good being locked up. You have responsibilities. But I also agree with this completely. Yeah, this is true. Like, you know, a fourth of the, the world doesn't like you anyway. Like, what's these people? But Aang is very much like, you know, I don't want the rest of the world thinking I'm a murderer. He has a big thing with murder for some murder. <laughs> I guess it's a kid show, so I guess it makes sense. But Yeah, but I'm also and- like, you guys have, there have been battles all the time throughout this. I'm sure. This, there's a war, you know what yeah, I mean? People, people die are dying, war. guys. People are dying. Like just people are dying, guys. <laughs> Kim, people are dying. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> um, but obviously, Aang doesn't want to be known as a murderer at all. So he asks both Sokka and Katara to help him prove his innocence. I don't know how else he could get. Yeah, he's locked he's up. Innocent. He's locked up. And Sokka is like, this crime happened like 300 years ago. Like, there's no way to prove this at all. He's very much like, let's get out of here. But then Aang does some reverse psychology and is like, you know, I thought you were the expert detective, Sokka. And that just riles Sokka up. He's like, you know what? I solved, I solved the crime about this seal jerky. <laughs> And it's so funny because you see, while Sokka's talking, you see Katara and Aang kind of like talk to each other kind of on the side and Aang is making Katara laugh so much and she's trying to hold it in. I thought that was a really cool ad that they had Mm -hmm. for that. And Sokka, you know, because he is the expert detective, he's like, I will take on this responsibility and solve your case. And he does a whole costume change and morphs into like a detective. And he has the monocle is very Sherlock Holmes, but apparently that cap that Sokka wears is like a winged cap that is traditionally worn by Chinese magistrates. Oh, interesting. And in, yeah, and in Chinese literature that was often depicted for great detectives. So I thought that was a cool it was both like a Western like Sherlock Holmes with the monocle and then the cap, which is of Eastern literature. Um, I thought this is all kind of corny, but I love it anyway. <laughs> it's super corny, but I like it made me laugh when he had his detective look on. And also sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I'm really like Sokka or I used to be like Sokka when I was young. And it's just kind of weird to see that. Anyway, what do you mean by that? Though? I don't like, know. I, fe- I feel like some of his reactions to things like how he's like kind of impulsive and like, I don't know, some there's something about Sokka that reminds me of myself. This oh, is a therapy moment. And I don't know what it is. I'm sure like if we talked to my sister or someone who like knew me when I was a kid, they'd be like, yeah, you're totally a Sokka, which I don't know if that's good or bad. There has to be a quiz that says like, which avatar character are you? You have to take it. I have to take it. I don't know who I am. We'll we'll take it. I'm probably Katara because I'm like really emotional and she's always like, my mom died. Uh, yeah, I can see Katara being a, like has like cancer vibes and she's also like, you know, very social justice, you know, I can yeah. see that, which is, I guess, me because I am a cancer <laughs> astrology wise and stuff. So. so we open up to someone from the Earth Kingdom counting gold in this really big car slash cart thing. And he's like, seems <laughs> like, a, I don't know, he seems like a really greedy man, the way that he's counting and the way that his facial expressions are depicted. He reminds me of like a mobster or something like that. Yeah. Like counting all his money. <laughs> he's like a very, you know, rich bad guy um, kind of character of how he's just illustrated, I think. But then mm-hmm. suddenly he's attacked by who else? The blue spirit. Yeah. 
Blue Spirit like takes his gold and disappears. And this is where I was kind of hoping that maybe Zuko has changed his tune and is like robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, kind of like I, Robin Hood vibes. See, I didn't really get the whole like, oh, this is like a mean guy until you said it. Because I was watching this and I'm like, why is he? He's just getting like meaner and meaner in the last episode he was just hurting someone who was really mean to his uncle which you get and then he was stealing from these random civilians for food and you're like okay well he needs food and now he's just stealing gold just to steal it it's like dude you need a like a healthier hobby i know you're kind of bored but like stealing is not the answer i think he's acting out with his anger like i think the only time that i was really upset with his stealing is when he stole from those people who were giving him kindness so i hope at least he learned but that was in the last episode, so it's just getting worse and worse. You know what I mean? I mean, Suko doesn't – we've talked about this. He has really bad emotional coping, and yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing. So he's stealing. He has so much trauma in his life from his family. Oh, my God, really? yeah. And his coping <laughs> skills are so bad. Yeah. Um, but then we cut back into Sokka and Katara and the mayor of the town at the scene of the crime. And it's a huge cliff with like thousand foot drop. And at the edge of the cliff, there's a temple and then there's a footprint there, which the mayor says is Kiyoshi's footprint. Mm-hmm. We also learned that the crime took place at sunset 370 years ago on this very date, on Avatar Day. And the mayor tells a story that Chin the Great was an amazing king, right? He was a wonderful leader, and Kiyoshi Mm -hmm. struck him down. And after that tragic day, they built a statue to honor Chin the Great. And the statue faces the temple. Mm -hmm. So Sokka takes out his magnifying glass. He's listened to the story. He looks at the footprint. He looks at the statue. He looks at the temple, and he notices that the statue and the temple are cut from the same stone. And he starts to piece it together. Like, if they're cut from the same stone, they were built at the same time. So that doesn't make sense that Kiyoshi would be in the temple, get upset, kill Chin. And he's like, there's a major hole in the mayor's story and Katara agrees like Katara and Sokka are kind of on the same page putting this crime together but Katara doesn't think that the stone is enough to prove Aang's innocence yeah it's just one piece of like circumstantial evidence I guess Mm -hmm. and Sokka whips out his pipe like any detective to like how did he get it I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and he's like we need to go to Kiyoshi Island and figure out some more and learn more about this crime Saga has like a crazy energy this entire episode. Like, I just like I love it. Like the random bites, like he's just all over the place, and I love it. Um, and so we then cut to Aang in prison, and there's a huge bald man with snake tattoos that comes up to Aang in the prison, and Aang is like kind of in this contraption that's holding him together. It's holding his head. It's holding his arm. Very medieval. Very very medieval. And the guy the snake guy is basically like "Mm, you're bald you got tattoos you're gonna fit in real well in jail (laughs) it's just so funny because you know ang is just like the sweetest little kid ever and i mean it's Um, true though he is the guy's good at identifying patterns he is bald and he does have some sick tattoos i mean just like that guy who was bald and had tattoos Um, and then we cut over to Katara and Sokka flying on Appa to Kyoshi Island, and they're greeted with a bunch of cheers from the people of the town from Kyoshi. We were here in like the second or third episode at the Warriors of Kyoshi, and we see a recurring character, the foaming mouth guy. He's the best. I was dying. <laughs> like, also, foaming could you imagine if you're doing the sound for this? <laughs> I don't foam. know. I'm, that's crazy. <laughs> And then we see another recurring character, Coco, the little girl. She's like, where's Angie? And Katara is like, Ang isn't here right now. We're so sorry. It's just Sokka and May. And everyone is like, oh, never mind. They stop cheering and they kind of go away. And we see the foaming mouth guy is like looking around and he's embarrassed. I guess it's foaming on the mouth is only appropriate for the avatar. If it's for anyone else, it's really embarrassing. He's like <laughs> hiding underneath his like clothes. It's really funny. Oh my God. I feel like the foaming mouth guy definitely has a Helga Pataki-esque shrine for oh the avatar my in his room. Made out of gum maybe i don't know 
<laughs> um, but then Sokka and Katara are able to meet up with Oyagi, who is like the mayor of Kiyoshi. And they ask him, like, we need to know what happened hundreds of years ago today because of the town of Chin. And Oyagi takes Katara and Sokka to Kiyoshi's shrine saying, you know, like, that sounds weird that like that Kiyoshi would do anything so crazy to Chin. Like she was such a good avatar. But, you know, let's go to her shrine and see if we can get more information. And then we see, like, Sokka's like, um, is Suki around? Like, asking very, like, slyly, you know what I mean? So cute. And Oyagi mentions, no, she's actually fighting in the war. And he mentions that Aang, Katara, and Sokka really inspired the Kyoshi warriors to actually go out and fight. And I really like that. I love that. But Sokka looks so sad. He's like, oh, I really wish I could have seen her again. Poor thing. So much heartbreak in his life. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. Oh my so god, he sad. lost his last girlfriend too. I oh. know. <laughs> Rekindling an old love. Ugh. Yeah. So Sokka looks super disappointed at this. Um. So you know, at least like it, this is such a character switch from his typical uh, detective vibe in this episode. So it's, it's a part it's of me was also like, did he want to go to Kiyoshi Island just to see if Suki was around? He's like, we're close. Maybe we could just swing on by. <laughs> oh, I was just in the neighborhood. You know, in solving a crime. If you. <laughs> Want to get a drink? <laughs> <laughs> Want to get a drink? Want to grab a drink? Found her on Tinder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we go into the shrine, and the shrine is a converted temple, and it has all these relics connected to Kiyoshi's spirit. So there's a bunch of her stuff, basically. There's a kimono, um, her fans, and her boots. And her boots are huge they're enormous they're literally yeah. i feel like they're the size of ang <laughs> like basically <laughs> but they say in like i think it's well known that she was actually seven feet tall so it makes sense that she's if she's that tall she has a yeah. big feet you know what yeah I mean? <laughs> they're like oh my god you know and Katara and Sokka, like, have they been in a museum before? Probably not, because they keep touching all of the well, relics. they are detectives. They need to get, like, a, be- a closer look. Granted, they shouldn't, like, have touched everything, but I it was know. really funny to hear, like, Oyagi be like, please don't touch the kimono. Please don't touch the fan. Please don't touch anything. Why are you touching everything? It's, like, so funny. <laughs> but Katara puts everything together when she sees the boots because she thinks back to the footprint that they saw on the cliff, mm-hmm. and the footprint on the cliff is so tiny compared to the size of these enormous boots, but before she can say anything this is Sokka's crime to solve so he interrupts her thoughts and he you know (laughs) clears his throat and he whips out his detective hat his pipe and he's like okay you know let me say mystery to solve and Katara's like that's fine it's fine you go go ahead I I love that she lets him take the lead on this (laughs) yeah he needs a win and Sokka's like yeah there's no way that she could have made this footprint you know her feet are huge so she's not even connected to the crime scene Dun, dun, dun. I actually really loved how, like, you know, Katara and Sokka, they're always fighting a lot of the times. A lot of times it's cute. It's not too serious. But it's so cool to see them be really, like, they're really, like, flowing together in this episode. They're a really good team. Just, like, trying to solve this mystery together. Yeah, it's really cute. How, yeah, Katara's like, oh, no, you say it. I, I'm good. You know what I mean? I thought that was yeah. really sweet of her. He needs to win. He lost his boomerang. He lost his identity. Like, give the boys a chance to shine. Very true. Um, so then we cut back to Aang at the jail, and he's getting girl advice in the prison. This is I so love this. Funny. I was dying because all the guys are super like big and look tough and everything. And the prisoners like, listen, like you just got to give her time. You're a catch. She'll definitely fall for you eventually. Like, what's not to like about you? You're the avatar. <laughs> you're smart. You're attractive. <laughs> Aang is like really and like he's in this contraption that's supposed to hold him together and he easily gets out of it and he's like oh man really he puts his like hands on the top of the contraption and he's like really i thought that was so funny because clearly like the jail is not set up appropriately <laughs> but also these prisoners are like the sweetest most sensitive nicest guys ever <laughs> like these prisoners even though they look really tough they're all big softies on the inside and they yeah. seem like a really supportive and good friend group for ang you should have kept in touch with them you he should have been like give me your number like when you get out of jail call me <laughs> i would have seen an entire episode of just the prisoners talk giving ang girl advice oh like same <laughs> i need to see the director's cut of this episode just so we can get 40 minutes of that 
I think they said in like some like of the facts like that the name of one of the characters literally like tough sensitive guy like that's my I love a tough sensitive guy (laughs) who doesn't right (laughs) (laughs) so Katara Saka and the mayor of Kiyoshi Island are looking at another relic around them and this one is actually a painting of Kiyoshi performing a ceremony 370 years ago on this very day and she was performing this ceremony during sunset and they ask like how do you know it was on this very day and we learn from Uyagi that it's actually Kiyoshi day and the painting proves that she has an alibi she wasn't at the cliff and chin in the temple she was performing the ceremony on her island yeah and okay it is a painting so there's some like artistic you know like it's not like a photo or anything like that but I mean what are you gonna do it's 370 years ago right I know you got you gotta work with what you have these ancient mysteries (laughs) dun 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 Um, so with this information, Sokka and Katara go back to Chin and they tell the Mary, you know what, we're ready. We have the evidence. We have a good defense. Like we're ready to do this case. And the mayor tells them that's not really how the court system in Chin works. And he says that the court system in Chin basically is one side says what happened and then he says what happens and then he decides who is right. And everyone's like, what? Like that's the that's not justice. Like that's not that's not how it's supposed to work. You know what I mean? And then the mayor goes, "That's why it's called justice, just us." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, like "What is this town?" If I was born in this town, like I would be out of there. This place sounds miserable. I'd be protesting. I'm like, this reminds me of our current justice system sometimes. <laughs> but I will say, I watched this episode during everything going on with like George Floyd and the protests and this particular scene, I was just like, wow, that really hit close to home for me because that's how it feels sometimes. Like how no, yeah, it's things just, like- just get thrown out. It's crazy. Oh, sometimes it feels like government processes are so nonsensical. And this is the perfect depiction of that. Like mm-hmm. things make no sense. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it makes sense because I said so. Even though it doesn't, it's not fair. It's not how it works. That's not, yeah. yeah. It's not how it should work, but it may be how it works. Yeah. I mean, it's clear they don't live in like a democracy. This like, place still. <laughs> this place sounds horrible. Yeah. So it's time for the trial. The mayor presents his case and he says that Chin was great. Everyone loved him and everyone loved him because he was great. So <laughs> does, does this sounds similar to anyone and he's like but then the avatar came and killed him and that was it and that's that, it you know <laughs> i laughed it's so funny because it's like it's just so simple and like so stupid the prosecution <laughs> rests <laughs> good job right now um and then it's time for ang to present his argument and i don't even know if it's any better or worse than what the mayor did right it's, it's actually way worse he has no <laughs> idea like we're get i feel like in, through this entire episode i was like get this boy some adhd medication like he is just like off all over the place what is going on like Sokka's like remember the evidence and hang is just like i was in a painting and i got small feet (laughs) and he's like i have really big feet and then he's like your temple matches the statue and i'm in a painting and it's literally the most nonsensical narrative and Sokka and Katara look at each other and they've just like done some really good detective work was Aang paying attention? Like, probably not. I don't know what was going on in his mind. Did he get nervous? I have no idea what happened. But Sokka and Katara, like, in that moment of sibling eye contact, they're like, he's toast. Oh, my gosh. Sokka should have presented the case to everyone. I mean, missed opportunity. But I guess that's not how the world works. They can't there. do that there. Yeah. I guess not. It's not. It's just us, right? <laughs> it's just not us. Sokka. <laughs> So we cut to Iroh and Zuko and they're drinking tea and there's all these like crazy, everything just looks so lavish, even though they're in a cave. Where do they get this stuff? I'm also like, Uh, well, we know where we got it from. (laughs) Iroh doesn't. And Iroh was just like, wow, you're doing a lot of shopping lately. Like, where are you getting all this stuff? And Zuko like turns the conversation is like, do you like your teapot? Like, I hope you like it. And it just showcases. I think that really showcases like how Zuko was taught to showcase love and it's through the material things. And that's so opposite of Iroh. And Iroh tells Zuko that he knows that times have been really tough, but there's a simple honor in poverty. And Zuko is like, the only honor there is is capturing the Avatar. And this is actually the first time in the entire second season that he mentions capturing the Avatar. Mm -hmm. 
And Iroh was just like, mm, I don't think capturing the Avatar at this point is going to help us at all. And encourages Zuko basically not to slip into despair. And like, you know, he even says, in the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. And I love that. I'm like, Me mm, too. I should write that somewhere. Me too. Um, and he says, that's the meaning of inner strength. And like, Iroh is just spitting all this wisdom. And Zuko's it's- like, uh, I'm over this and like goes away. I don't know. I saw this like meme of like, what is your bad coping mechanism? It could be drinking. It could be online shopping. It could be trolling on people online. Like everyone mm-hmm. kind of has something. And like Zuko has shown a lot of his bad habits. Like, I mean, he's stealing. He's like really rude to people sometimes. Like he doesn't have the coping skills. And like sometimes, you know, it's he needs that support. But you also need to be open to taking that support. You know, like he yeah. has. Yeah. And I thought he's that. He's not open to that anymore. He's not. Right now. And I really thought that idea of like what is inner strength and it's like the ability to push yourself up and give hope to yourself in those dark times. Like what a line. It really is. You know what I mean? But it's like he needs to come to that decision on his own. Like one can push you in the right direction, but they can't make you drink the water. You know what I mean? You can't lead a horse to water and expect it to drink or whatever that saying is. I'm really bad at those things. Um, But that's what's going on with Zuko right now. So he runs away and – I really liked this scene. I love Iroh. He's the best. Me too. So. And I just love, again, this was like slightly different direction because they're in this like cave wherever they're staying and they have a fire, like a campfire um, to keep them warm and to cook and things like that. And their faces are lit through the fire. Like if they have like the specific orange glow. So, you know, like wherever the quote unquote camera is, is like looking at them through the fire, which gives mm-hmm. like an intensity to the scene and makes it really poignant and beautiful. So it's cool animation technique here and like the illustration was really lovely yeah loved it so katara we're back at the trial and katara hops in and she's like okay we have one more witness and the mayor Mm -hmm. was like not possible it's just us but (laughs) (laughs) katara is like no we have avatar kiyoshi herself here and we see ang oh my (laughs) gosh this is so funny so ang appears wearing her clothes wearing her boots wearing the makeup he's like a miniature version of her and everyone's like um what also like how did the other guy like oyagi give them the stuff they weren't even allowed to touch it and now they can wear he could just wear it maybe there was a really long like recess session right <laughs> like they they were flew back to Kyoshi island they're like we need the relics even though we're not supposed to touch it we're putting it on ang it's gonna be fine <laughs> but he actually looks kind of good in all his makeup and stuff like <laughs> he's, he's working it. i mean i guess it's him like he is Kyoshi technically right yeah. so you know and they mentioned they're like, okay, we hope that Aang wearing all her stuff will actually trigger something because, I mean, they are the same. They share a soul. You know, she is his past life. And Sokka's convinced it's going to work because he's like, I believe in the power of stuff. I believe in the power of stuff. I just love that. At <laughs> first, he was just like, Katara, this isn't going to work. And Katara's like, you know what? Like, wearing the stuff might help. And Sokka's like, I believe in the power of stuff. That should be like a self-help book, the power of stuff. It's not good. It turns you materialistic. The mayor is like, <laughs> you're making a mockery of chin law. And Ang, you know, again, like he, he's good at improv, you know, he's trying, he, he's no, trying not. To- he messed up his t- entire case. <laughs> okay. Well, that was, he had lines. Like you can't give the kid lines to say, but if you, are like just improv the scene he's doing a good job like so he tries to imitate <laughs> kiyoshi he does the voice um he's really trying and then the mayor's like okay this is enough this is like you are he's about to say guilty when suddenly ang turns into kiyoshi herself i thought that was really interesting too because like it wasn't like he was really stressed out or anything like that like he just suddenly turned into kiyoshi so it was yeah, the power it of is stuff. the power of stuff but i was also <laughs> imagining that like she, he has the stuff on so her, his connection to her stronger but like she's chilling in the spirit world you know maybe having some tea or whatever and then suddenly she feels like a ping and she's like oh look, i have to go to the earthly world and she's no. like trying to get dressed really quickly and running and that's why she's late no in my mind i was like oh my gosh she like could sense that she's back at chin where chin is like you know hanging out and she's like oh not this guy again i'm gonna beat him up i gotta get there like she's about to fight you know what i mean (laughs) and like because like ang isn't like you know in in distress and he doesn't know how to control the avatar state he's like and she's like waiting for the right opportunity and she's like this is it and runs in and turns into (laughs) 
It's so funny. When she turns into Kiyoshi, the first thing she says is like, I'm Avatar Kiyoshi and I killed Chin the Conqueror. Uh, and and Sokka and Katara are like, oh man, that totally ruined it. Why did we go through all the work of figuring out the evidence? I love her voice, by the way. Yeah, it's very low. Not like anything that Aang was doing before because I think he was like, I'm Avatar Kyoshi. Like, that's not how she sounds. But, you know, she says that she killed Chin, the Conqueror. And she mentions that Chin was a horrible tyrant and he was expanding his army. We're in this, like, flashback mode where we see Chin. He's, like, beating people up with earthbending, like, in his royal palace. And Kyoshi says that she would not sit calmly while he tried to take over her home at the end of the peninsula. So he was trying to conquer all different parts of the Earth Kingdom, and he finally landed on where Kyoshi was from. So she split the peninsula from the mainland using her fans. It was really cool. It's cool to see her using fans, like, you know that they're important. I thought they were, like, really light, but they actually look like they have some weight to them. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a weapon, right? So they yeah. should have a little oomph to them. And I love seeing her use both earthbending, firebending, and lava bending. So cool. To push the, the end of the peninsula off of the mainland. And it's really cool because you see, like, Chin looks so, um, you know, powerful, and he's ready to fight. And then you see Avatar Kiyoshi come up closer to him, and he is so much shorter than Kiyoshi. It's like, mom, mom, like you're not that cool, dude. He really has Napoleon energy, though. <laughs> yeah, but granted, she is seven feet tall, so he could be like five ten, which is like a normal height. You know? I still think he has Napoleon vibes. I think I, I don't know if this is written yeah. written anywhere, but I feel like that's like his. I'm I don't sure. know his energy. That's probably where they they grab that energy from that uh, inspiration from was Napoleon. And you know when they're first meeting together, like she air bends away his clothes, so he's just like in the sarong while this is all happening. While she's, he's, I mean, she really really made fun of him. Like I know it was great. any dignity he had was gone in this battle. Yeah, and so he gets so angry and he's yelling and he actually falls into the water like the cliff below him, like the earth below him actually starts to deteriorate and he falls into the water and that's how he dies. So like she says, like, you know, I killed Chin the Conqueror. She kind of just had all the circumstances in place to allow him to die and she wasn't Mm going to save him. But I mean, he's still dead. So (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's also like she was she created Kiyoshi Island so her people could be safe from invaders and conquerors and And so like invader so there was a reason why she killed him it wasn't like in cold blood murder like sociopathic or yeah it was for defense you know like he was gonna come and like kill her the people of her town so she she didn't even like really do combat against him she just kind of pushed her land off of the main the mainland and that was really it yeah um but you know she so she's explaining this this is what happened and then kiyoshi disappears and ang Passes out from being in the Avatar state, and fortunately, Katara like catches him before he like falls to the ground. Oh my god, she's always saving his butt. I know, and then Aang is just like, "What did I say? What happened?" <laughs> but because Aang quote unquote confessed, um, the mayor is like, "You're going to be punished, and your punishment will be determined through the wheel of punishment." And Woo! the crowd is out for blood. Like they just want to see someone goes wild. Yeah, they go out for they're out for blood. They go wild because they want to see someone get hurt. And then we cut to Zuko here. It's been a few hours, or I don't know if you, I don't know. It's been a while. Like he obviously was out thinking about whatever Iroh has said, and he's like, "You know, I've thought about what you said." And Iroh is like, "Oh, good, good." You know, he expects Zuko to come to terms with his advice and like you know say them- sorry or something yeah. to him or but then Zuko is like I realize that I've had I have to go on my own way like we I need gotta to separate. go on my own way what about <laughs> us about everything from high school musical that's, that's where I mean this it's literally the same thing like it's basically like yeah it's basically the same thing he's like <laughs> we're not gonna get anything from this relationship anymore like let's separate it's so sad no. like I can't believe that's the conclusion he came to like oh he's uh Ira was sad and but like he also like knows his nephew so he's like okay fine here's the camel ostrich go on your own way but that's kind of how you have to like treat some kids sometimes you know yeah you can't like force them to stay with you it's only going to get worse you got to realize things on their own so it makes sense that Ira's like just go off and you know figure yourself out and yeah then maybe rekindle our friend our relationship you know what I mean so 
Um, then we're back with Aang at Chin, and he's spinning the Wheel of Punishment. The Wheel of Punishment. And the crowd is, like, loving it. They're like, Razor Pit, Torture Machine. And, like, okay, wait. Did you actually look at the Wheel of Punishment? Like, the actual, like, art for each thing is so really funny. funny. and so elementary. I'm like, it's just stick figure. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> and so, like, all the crowd people are like, Razor Pit, Torture Machine, Bear. And Star is like, please be community, community service. service. Community service, community service. And then we see that the Wheel of Punishment is spinning and it almost lands on getting eaten by a shark, but then it lands on boiled in oil, as and the I announcer love says. The announcer's voice in this life is like boiled in oil. oil. <laughs> but right before anything can happen, suddenly these Fire Nation soldiers appear to take over the town, and it's the same people that were attacking Katara, Sokka, and Aang while they were sleeping earlier that day. Um, and the mayor is like, oh my gosh, these people are attacking. Like, oh my gosh, can you save us, Avatar, from this? And Aang is like, gee, I'd love to help, but I'm supposed to be boiled in oil. I love the snark. Bring on the snark, Aang. I mean, you're about to like be boiled in oil, of course. And the mayor turns the wheel from (laughs) boiled in oil to community service. And he's like, okay, you have community service. Now serve our community and get rid of those rhinos. Like That was so funny. (laughs) We learned that this group is called the Rough Rhinos, which is actually like derived from Teddy Roosevelt's cavalry brigade, the Rough Riders, which is pretty cool. I see the Speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah, um, I think uh, this is like not related really, but the Washington football team, which was the Redskins, they might be called the Rough Riders. I know that's a contender. I'm like, I like no, that interesting. name. Interesting, me too. Yeah. Um, so the Rough Rhinos are, you know, going throughout the town and they're really destroying a lot of stuff. But it's really interesting because there aren't actually a lot of firebenders within this gang. So mm-hmm. this is really one of the first times we're seeing a lot of uh, destructive fire fire weapons being used but it's not like really a firebender doing it which is pretty interesting and mm-hmm. you know they're fighting like they're Qatar and soccer are kind of being more strategic with their fighting and it's kind of funny like yeah it's really energetic they're all over the place different I don't know it's they're, the I fighting really- style feels different here I guess like I mean we've mentioned it throughout the direction it's just slightly different yeah, it's a little, it's more like tricks than straight on fighting, at least mm-hmm. for like Sokka and Katara, like Sokka ducks down and another guy gets hit with an explosive. And when that explosion happens, the guy's pack like lands right by Sokka and he finds his boomerang. And it's always going to come back it's to you. Come back to him. So that was really exciting to see that Sokka got his boomerang back. Um, but we then we cut to a scene where like Aang is fighting the main guy from the Rough Rhinos, and he still has his face painted. This is so funny, it's really funny. But you know what's funny or like a fun fact? The leader of the Rough Rhinos actually served under Uncle Iroh in the army, and they went rogue, I guess. Well, no, I think the Rough Rhinos, you know, they were gonna like take it for the Fire Nation, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they said in the beginning of that. So I guess it's another another division of the Fire Nation there. And some people even think that the Rough Rhinos are responsible for the disappearance of Jet's parents. These guys okay. are out of control. I know. But fortunately, Aang is able to come face to face with that leader of the Rough Rhinos and he airbends him and defeats him, which is Boy super bye. Good. Boy bye. So he completed his community service and got the Rough Rhinos <laughs> out of there. <laughs> and the mayor says that from now on, we will celebrate a new Avatar Day to acknowledge Woo-hoo! these events. And there's Woo-hoo! fireworks and it looks pretty cool, but the food does not look great, right? <laughs> yes, they're given uh, basically unfried dough. It's just dough in the shape of a person that's completely raw. And they're like, this is the day we'll eat this food because it it demonstrates that they stopped the avatar from being boiled oil. in oil. Wow. So no fried Happy food. Happy Avatar Day, everyone! Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And Saga's just looking at the unfried food, and it's just like, this is by far the worst town we've ever been to. I and agree. Like, honestly, true. Like, he almost <laughs> died in oil. Like, what? <laughs> the whole town was such a mess. I was like... Oh, I was like, get this out town of here. Or the fortune teller town. This is way worse. The fortune teller yeah. was at least town. At least people weren't nice and like they were delusional, they were but they were nice. nice. But like, yeah, I would rather live great. there any day. Yeah, and they got a cool fortune teller. So yeah, way um, better. This town sucked. <laughs> but this was a really good episode overall. I really liked. It. I it thought was, it was really funny. It was fun. 
fun. It was a, it was a filler episode, but it was like a fun filler episode. Like I wasn't like, what was the purpose? It wasn't a filler episode because the Zuko Iroh stuff was deep. It was like yeah, really true. funny, weird stuff, and then combined with like this re- like Zuko and Iroh splitting up. Yeah, you know? and then we learned more about like Kiyoshi. That was the first time we really yeah. heard Kiyoshi talk. We might have seen a picture of her, but this is like the first time we really like learned more about her. So I Very liked cool. it. I'm gonna give it a four point seven out of five. I'm gonna give it a four point five. But yeah, it was fun. Um, it was fun talking about it. And yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And I know yeah, we- remember to like and subscribe, tell your friends. Yep, tell them, like share that. the episode. All yeah. right, have a good one, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Bye.